Welcome back to episode 110 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. This episode, I'm going to dive deep and I'm going to go deep into the rabbit hole as far as what's taking place right now on the grand chessboard. If your feelings are easily hurt, if you're the sensitive type, if you know you're offended and you easily and you need to get a safe space and get some you know, snowflake chips or whatever, then this episode is definitely not for you. But I'm going to be speaking some truth, observing the patterns and timing that's taking place right now on this planet, and we're going to delve into it. So I'm going to play four clips, four short clips for your listening and to make an evaluation. I'm not going to tell you which way to think about it or what the interpretation is. I'm just going to give an observation of what I see taking place and, you know, leave it up to you to use your critical thinking skills and, and connect the dots, as it were. So we're going to jump into a couple of clips. And do yourself a favor because, you know, it doesn't do you any good to not see the boogeyman. Because if you don't see him, he's not going to hurt you. Because that's just childish thinking. We're adults and we're, as, like I said always, the Chinese always say, may you live in interesting times. As you know, there's a lot of things going on right now with Jeffrey Epstein and all of this uh, Lolita Express, and there's a lot of things going on. I'm not going to go in that direction specifically, but I am going to just play some clips for the listeners to interpret for themselves and connect the dots as it were. So again, let's get into it, man. My concern is uh, is doing away with whiteness. Whiteness is a form of racial oppression, sure. The suggestion is that it is somehow possible to separate whiteness from oppression. And it is not. There can be no white race without the phenomenon of white supremacies. In the same way, if you abolish racial oppression, you do away with whiteness. Treason to whiteness is loyalty to humanity. Your views are, are fairly well received in academia. Legi yes, they're legitimate. Not to say that everyone agrees, but sure. I, and the task is to bring this minority together in such a way that it makes it impossible for the legacy of whiteness to continue to reproduce itself. Now, those are not my words, okay? You just heard a prof Harvard University professor by the name of Noel Ign Ignatian, and that is N-O-E-L-I-G-N-A-T-I-E-V, Ignatiev, Harvard University professor. This is coming from the upper echelons of our power structure. As you know, Harvard is, you know, Ivy League is the top school in the, pretty much on the planet, Harvard and, and Oxford University. So let's substitute the word white for black or Latino or Asian or Jewish. Just substitute that with today's politically correct speech, hate speech. Now, mind you, this th this video is probably from, a, from five or six years ago. It's not that long ago. And... Just imagine the outrage that one would hear as far as, again, hate speech or whatever labels they're going to put on this. You know, they, they, you'd be locked up, you know, right now if you disagree with certain, like if you would disagree with the Holocaust, the number of people that passed away in the Holocaust or that were exterminated in the Holocaust in World War II by Hitler, you know, the number supposedly is 6 million, which it, I'm not going to, I'm, I won't comment on that, but 60 million Christians were exterminated 
in the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917, between 1917 and within that, that period, 1917 and 1920, whatever. So let's be realistic and substitute, because there's a double standard here. Why is it that we don't hear about the Armenian Holocaust, which was like 10 million that died? The, what is the other one? There's the, the Ukrainian Holocaust, which I believe is another 10 million and then the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917, between that period, 1917, and like, whatever, that those 20 years, you had probably, in that Bolshevik Revolution, it's about 100 million that were exterminated between 1917 and I think 1960 or something. And that's not including China. China had their own thing with Mao, where I believe 60 million were exterminated, if not more. And mostly the uh, extermination was was carried out by starvation in in the ukraine interestingly enough what happened and i want to use the word interestingly enough that's horrid i mean just the facts of what happened in the ukraine was that right as that bolshevik revolution took place there were people that came into ukraine that were i believe quakers or amish that came from america Amish that were very good at farming and they could they could convert desolate, arid, non-productive soil into like highly productive soil. So they came, they were invited by the Russian government into the Ukraine to farm and to teach the people there how to farm. And you know, obviously they're very religious people, God-fearing people, and they converted that land into a, just a productive, very, a bumper crop, like excellent productive land in that Ukraine. And when they were producing so well and the Bolshevik revolution took place, they, Stalin decided that they were just concerned about themselves or that they had power because they can produce whatever the name, whatever the word is. So the Bolsheviks came down and confiscated all of their food grain that they had, that they had harvested and exported it into the world market to make money because they needed money. And in addition to that, they took the seeds that these people had hidden away so that they can survive and plant the next crop. They literally took their seeds away so they would not be able to replenish their crop and survive and live. So as a result of that, I think it's 10 million people that died in the Ukrainian Holocaust. In the... Armenian Holocaust, which I think is like 7 to 10 million people that died pretty much right around that same period, that was conducted by the Turks, but it's all, they were all enmeshed in the same thing. The Young Turks, that's why there's a big deal. I hear Sam Tripoli from Tinfall Hat really get upset, and he's 100% right, he's Armenian, and he said that uh, the people that conducted this genocide, were the, or they were named specifically from, from, from Turkey, they were called the Young Turks, and this guy... Yank Uger or whatever his name is, that fat fuck, idiot, um, took on that name and it's horrendous because the Young Turks is, 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 has that baggage with it or that atrocity of, the, of that Armenian genocide. You gotta hope, you gotta do your research and read. Don't don't CNN is lying to you, your television is lying to you. And look, man, the, one of the reasons why I'm pounding right now and, and bringing this forth about these genocides and these deaths, 
people th- think just because they're wearing Nike sneakers and they listen to, uh, you know, Bad Bunny or whoever they listen to, you know, on the radio these days or on the internet is they think that you know we're in modern times and I have an I have a smartwatch and you know I have a subscription to, you know, iTunes. It's bullshit. I mean, the way it happened back then, it could happen today. Like they said, there's an old saying, you know. First they came for the Christians, and I said nothing because I wasn't Christian. And then they came for the blacks, and I said nothing because I wasn't black. And then they came for whatever, and I didn't say anything. And now they're coming for me, and there's no one to speak for me. I have no voice. If you want to really see what's happening right now, open up your eyes. Go open up a browser. Go to DuckDuckGo and type in Palestine. Type in Yemen. Type in Syria and look at the atrocities that are taking place today where children are being starved to death, families are being starved to death, executed. Children in Palestine right now, if they're standing too close to that fence of the border, I think it's on Fridays they do it. They they get shot in the head. They get shot in the face for standing. And I'm talking about children like five years old, eight years old, 10 years old, okay? And there's a t-shirt that's being sold. I'm not going to get too technical, but there's a t-shirt down in Palestine in that area that's being sold. And what it is, it's basically a a, a scope with crosshairs with a pregnant woman in the crosshairs of that scope. And it says, uh, one shot, two kills. You figure that out. Okay. This is what's taking place right now. So we're going to continue to play some of these clips and, and, and listen to what's, uh, going on right now again if you if you're a snowflakey then you know go go to your safe space but you know if you're a student of knowledge and truth and if you're god-fearing or or just you know a person that has a conscience that with the socratic method you know with the ethics you know what i mean just plain ethics in life then you're going to listen so we're going to continue now we're going to listen to a clip from a woman from sweden by the name of barbara lerner specter and she's talking about multiculturalism, which is a code word for dissolving all ethnicities, races, groups, families, and just blending everything into one homogenous goop, which is easily controlled. Because remember, once you lose nationalism, you lose your freedom and you lose your choice. And that is what the plan is so that we can all be blended into one homogenous unidentified group with no nation we just listen to what brussels says or whatever the bankers say and we just get herded into the camps just to get exterminated and starved to death trust me just connect the dots on this one man so this is barbara lerner specter and she's talking about multiculturalism and how this has to take place because now europe cannot be you know like notre dame and Dr. Triumph, and just the beauty, the, the, the Colosseum in, in Rome, like all of this is, this is bad stuff. You know, we, we don't need this nationalism. This is a dirty word. We need to be all blended in together so that we can get taken over, which is stupid shit. Look at the, look, I've been to Rome and I've been to a few countries and I've stood in front of the Colosseum and looked at it and I just felt, and whatever you want to say about Rome or whatever, I mean, it, it's like any major civilization or any, you know, dominator culture of the time. I mean, that that's inevitable. That's what's going to happen with humans. And that's what we do. You know, we have pissing contests and we, you know, we try to dominate, but that's just the way of nature. 
But when you stand in front of the Colosseum and you look at it, when you stand in front of just, you know, Notre Dame and these epic structures of culture, you just get a feeling inside of you of, of the beauty and, and the ability and the capability of man and something larger than you that transcends just the individual person but shows you what we can do as a culture, as a people. And it just inspires you to greatness and and just even let's say you're a poor, simple person and simple means, you know, you stand in front of Notre Dame and you're going to feel, you know, you walk into Notre Dame and you're going to feel the fullness, the beauty of, of what man is capable of doing, the art. And just, it's amazing. So, but you know what? She's she's propounding, you know, multiculturalism, which is a cold word for just wiping out all cultures, man, and, and just art, literature, so that we can be spoon-fed what the oligarchs and what the bankers want us to know, you know? So we're going to listen to her and we're going to get into it. Again, just pay very, very close attention to the choice of words and, and what's taking place and what she's saying and the direction she's going in. So check it, man. And if you're in a position where you're saying that, you know, this multiculturalism is great, you know, we have a black president and we have these athletes, James Harden and LeBron James, they're making they're making millions and they're really taking everything over. The movies now, you got Samuel L. Jackson and... Yeah, man, that's all, that's all well and good, but how's that helping you and your family? What they're doing is they're putting out tokens, if you know what I'm saying. They're putting out tokens so that when you feel oppressed or downhearted or something's going on, you can look up and they're going to say to you, hey, look, you know, you have Obama and you have, uh, you know, LeBron James and you have all of these, you know, Samuel Jackson. Look look how great they're doing. Yeah, that ain't, that ain't paying your bills. Understand, man, this is just, a misdirection, an inversion of reality where you're being fed this shit so that you can bite onto it for another day. They're just trying to move that post down, you know, day by day by day. So you just consume this bullshit. You look on television and you say to yourself, oh, you know, I could be president. You know what, man? You're not in that club. You know, look at our people, man. Like I said, I, I said it a million times. I'm Puerto Rican. I grew up in the hood in Brooklyn, downtown in the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Poor man on welfare. You know, eating that five-pound cheese. Those of you from the hood, you know what I'm talking about. We would take it to the to the bodega, and the dude would cut that five pounds of cheese in half, keep half, and slice the other half to give back to you. That was your fee. So, they they our our future, our best interests are not in their plans, man. Minorities or anybody. You know, the beauty of this planet is that you have different cultures and different people and different foods and languages, and that's the beauty of it. And they're saying that right now in words, the boca fuera from the mouth out. But in reality, they want to blend us all into one. So, again, be very, very careful. Look at the people that, the merchants of the slave trades that were bringing the slaves over to this country. Look at where they came from and look at their names and look, look at the reality. And these are the same people that are selling us this lie. Right? So it's really deceptive, man. It's an inversion of reality. Yeah, you know, yeah, multiculturalism. You know, we have, you know, all of these minorities in great places. When you turn on the news, you know, you see these, these uh, you know, you see Oprah and you see all these great, you know, black and for the most part, black, maybe let's say in Hispanic or whatever. But those are the, to those are the tokens. So I'm clear. Those are the tokens. It's not affecting your life. Look at the reality of it because you get a, a minority, a Hispanic, a black man or whatever, black kid, he's going down the block. 
he sells somebody a, a bag of weed or sells them whatever. Now, he gets knocked up with a felony. Let's say he sold an ounce of weed or whatever he did. He's going to get a felony. And you can, you can you know, do that time or whatever. You get the probation or whatever they give you, but you'll always be a felon and it's always going to be on your record. You can't erase that. And the crazy thing about it is, you know, they're trying to flip this against us. What they have is privatized prison systems where they made it like a basically a Lowe's or a Home Depot or they industrialized and Wall Streetized, I created a word, a prison system so that minorities and everybody can get locked up and they make a profit of it. And a lot of these prisons are actually private prisons that are traded on the stock exchange, right? So what are you talking about when you say multiculturalism? You have people from Harvard, you know, professors from Harvard University talking about how the white man needs to be extinguished. But on the flip side, you know, they're locking up all the brothers and the Hispanics and everybody for just petty stuff. Look at, look at like back in the day when crack became an epidemic, if you had loose cocaine and powder or whatever and you got arrested for it, that was one crime. But if it was crack and capsules and rock, that was a completely different thing because it, it has 15 times more of a penalty. And that's what was taking place, man. You know, you look up, Look up free freeway, what's his name? Freeway Rick Ross, man. Look, go on YouTube and start looking up some of these videos and see how, how all of this went down and how it how it impacted us in the past as minorities and how it continues to impact us. And this AOC, this Alexandria Casio Ortez, biggest communist on the planet, man. She doesn't have your best interest in mind and she's not going to save you. She's looking for her paycheck and she's looking to just move this agenda further along. Again, I don't want to be angry, man, but it just it just it really cuts against my grain, man. Children are dying of starvation today in Yemen and in Palestine. They're getting shot in the face, and this is the reality of what's happening right now, so let's get into it, man. I think there's a resurgence of anti-Semitism because at this point in time, Europe has not yet learned how to be multicultural, and I think we're going to be part of the throes of that of that transformation, which must take place. Europe is not going to be the monolithic... Uh, uh, societies that they once were in the last century. Jews are going to be at the center of that. It's a huge transformation for Europe to make. They are now going into a multicultural mode and Jews will be resented because of our leading role. But without that leading role and without that transformation, Europe will not survive. Now Barbara Lerner Spector is saying that without that transformation of quote-unquote multiculturalism, Europe will not survive. Is that a word salad? What is, what is she trying to say? I mean, right now, you know, from what I see, well, right now they're in turmoil, but they, they were doing great. I mean, they were exporting great cars and wine and food and culture and art. And all of a sudden, like, now they won't survive. Like, all of a sudden, like, today they won't survive because they're not multiculturalism, because they're not, you know, kneeling down to the, you know, bankers in Brussels and the multinational corporations and the military industrial complex who wages endless wars to kill children and women and just innocent people, innocent blood being shed all over. Look at Antifa. Antifa up there in Portland, Oregon. They hit a dude in the head with a with a crowbar, split his head open. An old guy just covered in innocent blood. And this Andy No, this journalist who was just uh, beaten halfway to death, just because he was reporting to 
some, you know, he was reporting on the Santifa protests. Open up your eyes, man, and pay attention to, to what's going on because you're really, I don't know, man. If, you, if you're sleeping on this, it's time to wake up. Now we're going to listen to a clip from a show, nationally syndicated show on television that's called The View, which has one of the hosts is called Joy Behar. It's had Whoopi Goldberg. There's a few prominent women in the media that they have this show called The View. I'm sure you heard of it. And what ends up happening is a representative from the White House press corps, one of the main people from the White House press corps representatives by the name of, her name is Helen Thomas, and she's been there for like 20 years, and she's really famous and known in the press because she's asked very challenging questions and pertinent questions with regard to the facts of what's happening, not just, you know, in one instance, but just in general. And Helen Thomas ends up coming onto The View as a result of her making comments about Palestine and what's happening in Palestine. And Joy Behar, who happens to be Jewish from Israel, ends up confronting her with regard to some of the comments that Helen Thomas made about Palestine. And Helen Thomas is Palestinian. Well, Lebanese, I believe. She's Lebanese, which is the same region. And uh, basically, Helen Thomas takes her to school. So check it out, man. Now, here's where here's you're going to see the actual, real inversion of reality and truth because, uh, you know, just Helen Thomas takes her to school. So check it. So when you look at that, when I watched that and when I saw it in the first place, <clears throat> I thought to myself that that is an insensitive remark, that Poland and Germany are the exact places that the Jews were put into concentration camps and that at the very, very we least... We fought World War II. I had two brothers, many yeah, relatives. Right. There hasn't been a persecution since that, since World War II. You don't take other people's land. But so so, but do you see the insensitivity of the remark that no, I, them, I didn't realize it would ring that many mm -hmm. bells because they've been free ever since. I know, but Germany and Poland, you didn't pick. You didn't pick. You know, Alaska. You picked Germany. I and I should have Poland. said Russia too. Well, Russia had its uh, its share of anti-Semitic pogroms, also, but they you, also had twenty-five million who died in World War Two. That's true. But I'm trying to... More than that. Yeah, so, I mean, Germany, Poland, you know, Dachau, Auschwitz, we're talking and about... And the United States. Mm -hmm. And the United States what? I said they were... He said, where should they go? Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't have to go anywhere, really, because they weren't being persecuted anymore, but they were taking other people's land. The, you're talking about the Israelis? Of course. Uh -huh. Do you consider yourself anti-Semitic? Hell no. You do not? I'm a Semite. You're a Semite yourself? Of Arab background. Oh, I know, you're Lebanese background, mm -hmm. right? But you're not Jewish. <laughs> well, what does that mean? Well, no, you say you're... I'm just trying to clarify. They're not Semites. I mean, they're, most of them are from Europe. Mm -hmm. The Jews? Yes. Well, okay, but I'm trying to see... If you had a chance to redo the comment, what would you say now? Why do they have to go anywhere? They're not being persecuted anywhere. The Israelis? Mm-hmm. Okay. Why do the, they have the to Jews, go anywhere? The Jews. Well, the are. question was, any comments on Israel? That's what the question was. And you said, tell them to get the hell out of Palestine. Right. And then the it, rabbi who was interviewing you said, um, any better comments? And you said, remember, these people are occupied and it's their land, not Germany's, not Poland. So where should they go, he said. What should they do? 
And you said, Why go home. Why do they have to go anywhere? They aren't being persecuted. They don't have the right to take other people's land. Under international law, mm -hmm. occupied land should not be annexed. But then maybe you should have said, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but maybe you should have said, well, they really, the Israelis should stay in Israel. That you, but you said they should go back to Poland and Germany. That's what got you in trouble, Helen. He, no, he said, where should they go? Yeah. Well, I, maybe it did get me in trouble. Everything is distorted, but oh. I don't care, you know. You don't care at this at, point? No, at hell, no. Okay. All right. Well, you got a lot of criticism for it. How did you deal with all of that criticism? We have organized lobbyists in favor of Israel. You can't open your mouth. I can call the President of the United States anything in the book. But if you say one thing about Israel and you're off limits. Well, that's what happened to you. I mean, yeah. the Society of Professional Journalists retired the Helen Thomas Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm -hmm. They said no individual worthy of such honor should have to face this controversy. No honoree should have to decide if the possible backlash is worth being recognized for his or her contribution to journalism. Are you offended by that? By what? The fact that they will not give this, um, this award to anybody in your name? Well, I mean, that's their decision, but I think it's stupid. It has nothing to do with my views about Israel. Mm -hmm. My achievements in journalism are a little separate. Mm -hmm. So you have no regrets about what you said, even though they... You... I have regrets that everybody's misinterpreted it uh -huh. and distorted it. And you have the Ari Flesher and Abe Foxman distorting everything. So I should have—I certainly knew that, and I should have kept my mouth shut, probably. So, but you, okay. So, but you still don't feel that it was insensitive in any way? No. No. I'm in, I'm sensitive about the Palestinians being pushed around, knocked on the door at three o'clock in the morning. Get out of this house in 24 hours. Three generations in in refugee camps. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pushed from their homes. I see. But you see the other side of it. The other side of it is that the Jews are sensitive because of the history that they have. Well, everybody's in the 20th sensitive century. when they're being pushed out of their homes. Well, but the 20th century was particularly cruel to the Jewish population. Yes, it was. In, and Europe, I went, in Germany, my and family went through World War II. We were very sensitive. All of us were there. Every American was there. But did your family go to a concentration camp? No. 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 Well, that's the difference. That's the point. The difference is that count how many thousands of Palestinians are in jail now, thrown from their homes, a million refugees. Mm -hmm. Is that sensitive? Everybody's got sensitivity points here. Right. You're Isn't? right. Okay. I'd like we, to point that out. Okay. We're going to... Things have changed. And President Obama, do you like him? Do you think he's doing a good job? We started out the conversation before about it a little bit. I think he lacks courage. He lacks courage. And he's not a liberal. I had hoped he was. I suppose I thought he was, because he was black, I thought he would automatically well, that was your be... mistake. That was my mistake. Mm -hmm. I thought he'd be liberal. Can't judge a person by the color. Absolutely. Yeah. You're so right. Mm -hmm. But I really thought that he would have an empathy for all the blacks, what they had gone through in life. Well, I think he does have empathy, but he's up against a Republican machine that he has to get reelected. You know, I mean, he, well, he's in a tough spot. You can, doesn't he have to get reelected? He needs the middle, doesn't he? You take a stand on something in your life. You should have principle and stick to them. Mm -hmm. Okay, now you're, you've got this new job where you're writing for this newspaper. <laughs> Let's see this paper. The Falls Church News Press mm -hmm. in Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, 
How I did that come I, about? I, I gave unsolicited advice to press secretaries. Uh-huh. And, new, and the new one. Jay Carney. You think, <laughs> how do you think he's going to do as press secretary? During your speech, you made a lot of references to Jewish people as well as certain people in your audience, not Jewish people in general, but certain people, especially in your audience, to Nazis. Now, that is extremely offensive when certain people are German. And they're also extremely offensive to people who've actually suffered under Nazi rule. I don't respect that anymore. I really don't. I don't like and I don't respect the crocodile tears to, con to the crocodile tears. No. Uh, I'm so, folks, uh, allow me to finish. And allow me to, allow me to finish. Listen, sirs. Allow me to finish. Allow me to finish. Uh, sir, sir, I don't like to play. I don't like to play before an audience the Holocaust card. But since now I feel now I feel compelled to. My late father was in Auschwitz. My late mother, please shut up. My late father was in Auschwitz. My late mother was in Maidana concentration camp. Every single member of my family. On my father's side, on my father's side, the Jews did not take arms against the my Germans. My late father was in Auschwitz concentration camp. My late mother was in Maidana concentration camp. Every single member of my family on both sides was exterminated. Both of my parents were in the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. And it's precisely and exactly because of the lessons my parents taught me and my two siblings that I will not be silent when Israel commits its crimes against the Palestinians. And I consider nothing more despicable than to use their suffering and their martyrdom to try to justify the torture, the brutalization, the dem demolition of homes that Israel daily commits against the Palestinians. So I refuse any longer to be intimidated or browbeaten by the tears. If you had any heart in you, you would be crying for the Palestinians, not for what I've never been in a crowd like this. They're nuts. This video will cover Grand Wizard Albert Pike's three World War predictions, which are quite frankly stunning. But first, I want to give a background on the person who exposed the Illuminati's preparations for World War III and how they plan to use Islam to destroy the West. A secret diary was released by a man with information about elitist organizations and the New World Order. 
This diary documents that the Illuminati already knows what is going to happen for World War III. It's already mapped out. The agenda's already set. The diary that exposes this agenda belonged to a man named William Carr, who was born in 1895. Carr entered into Canada's Royal Navy at a very young age and ascended to the position of commander. He knew many at the top of their fields in politics and law and in academia. His side hobby was writing books, specifically books on the New World Order. His books documented the breadth in which the Illuminati had taken over all aspects of society, including churches and seminaries. In fact, Carr claimed to have received an SOS letter from a high-ranking official in the Roman Catholic Church in November 1958. The letter outlined a hostile takeover that was underway in the Vatican, the Illuminati having infiltrated the Vatican's quarters. Carr would die less than a year after receiving the SOS message. Carr also documented history behind the most elusive organization in world history, the Illuminati, and their religion, which is Luciferianism. He believed that modern organizations, including the Bilderberg Group and the Council on Foreign Relations, are Luciferian political organizations. He also believed that the chief governing body for Lucifer, for the ascension of the capstone, was the United Nations, and he documented this in his books. Carr wrote several books. His most controversial book was published after his death. It is called Satan, Prince of This World, and is really nothing more than Carr's personal diary and notes he saved for many years. In this book, Carr documents receiving the SOS letter from the high-ranking Vatican official, but he also documents other interesting things. For example, Carr believed that secret societies weren't working independently of one another, but that they were controlled by a top-level organization called the World Revolutionary Movement, and that's literally in his book Satan, Prince of the World. This organization at the top tier is interested in inciting war, terrorism, and distress to serve its fundamental interests. And that is to establish the New World Order, a Luciferian system of governance and religion. Carr speaks at length about World War III in his book, Satan, Prince of the World. He documents that World War III was planned by a 33rd degree Grand Wizard named Albert Pike. Albert Pike was a notorious Luciferian who openly praised Lucifer in his book, Moral and Dogma of the Ancient and Accepted Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. Pike was also a general for the Confederacy during the Civil War and a wizard of occult magic, channeling and summoning of spirits. William Carr documented that Albert Pike wrote a letter to a friend in 1871 outlining the final and largest of the wars. According to Carr, what Albert Pike actually wrote was a lot more than a letter. 
It was a blueprint that spelled out exactly what would happen in the last war. Carr said, quote, in the 1860s, Albert Pike is recorded as saying his military program might take 100 years or a little longer to reach the day when those who direct the conspiracy at the top will crown their leader, King Despot, of the entire world and impose a Luciferian totalitarian dictatorship upon what is left of the human race. That's what they're saying. Pike seems to indicate a conspiracy to start a war so that the Antichrist can ascend to his position as world ruler. Pike's letter ironically also detailed the specifics of the first two wars with stunning accuracy, suggesting that he knew before time the details surrounding each of the wars. World War I, according to Pike, would be fought to overthrow the czars in Russia and change Russia into a communist state. The Second World War would be fought for two reasons, to establish the state of Israel and to expand communist control over Europe. The Third World War will be what allows the Novus Ordo Seclorum to rise out of the dust. According to Pike, Islam will be the central factor in the downfall of the West. Islam will be decimated in the process, allowing for the new religion of pure Luciferianism to spread on the earth. All Muslims will fall for this system. There isn't a single Muslim on earth who will not partake in the religion of the New World Order, according to Pike. Islam is merely a tool to destroy the Christian West. That's it. That's all it is. It's a tool. That's what they said hundreds of years ago. The master plan to use Islam was kicked off in 2001 when the fear of Americans was taken advantage of by an esoteric cabal lurking in the shadows. In his inaugural address, George W. Bush proclaimed that an angel would ride the whirlwind and direct the storm. The master plan was unveiled in 2001 for World War III. They started Albert Pike's blueprint when they flew two planes into the World Trade Centers and blamed it on Islam. The storm that would come and the angel that would bring it were long-awaited prophetic fulfillments. And as Albert Pike, Grand Wizard of the Craft, had predicted, Islam would be the choice religion to use to foment a crisis between it and the West that would only get worse. What is the common factor every time we see a crisis Who's behind it? Islam. And they want you to believe it's organically an issue of Islam. This was planned hundreds of years ago. And they have quite a plan for Islam. The esoteric cabal is using Islam to achieve the great work. It's all been mapped out. 
We've seen what they're doing with the migrant crisis. We've seen what they've done in England with the Sharia courts and on and on and on. They're using Islam to stir the pot. The system has to come down. It has to topple. Islam will be used for the ultimate goal and that is to fully usher in the Luciferian capstone. They're going to keep using it to destroy Western Christianity, Western culture. It's going to happen, and there's really nothing you can do about it except to pray. That's it. That's what we're called to do. It's been predicted. They've known about this since at least the late 1800s, and even earlier than that, I think. All world wars have been mapped out. The third and the last one was already written in the books. You have no control over this. This is a battle between principalities and powers and dominions. And that is why our brother Paul told us to pray and to go to war against those principalities and powers. of their world, we'll build a better one. Do you not think an angel rides in the whirlwind and directs this storm? Out of these troubled times, our fifth objective, a new world order can emerge, a new era freer from the threat of terror. This work continues. The story goes on. And an angel still rides in the whirlwind and directs this storm. A world where the United Nations, freed from Cold War stalemate, is poised to fulfill the historic vision of its founders. So we can sit here and talk about this till the cows come home. We can look at reports, graphs, and everything like that. Do all that fun stuff. Look at your life right now where you are and compare it to where you were 10 years ago. You know, Look at it compared to prior to 9-11, 2001, when the towers were struck. Quote-unquote terrorism. Make an evaluation of everything that's going on. Look at your taxes as they go up. Look at the... You know, global warming, carbon tax, everything is being pressed against us as, as, as children are starved to death and die in foreign countries. And notice that the countries that all of this travesty is taking place and this Holocaust is taking place are countries in the Middle East that have oil. And notice that we basically are fighting another country's war of conquest to take over that whole region between the Nile River and the Euphrates. So just look it up, man. Don't take my word for it. You can be a sheep. You can be a puppet. You can be a puppy or a little whatever you want to be, a little little nothing, you know, a little spineless being, yellow belly being, or you can be an alpha male and stand the fuck up to see what's going on on this planet right now. You're all going to be subverted. And if it's not you, it's going to be your children, okay? Look at what you're paying every month for your medical coverage, for food, for rent, for just everything, man. It's just... 
it's it's ridiculous what's happening right now as as literally right now holocausts are taking place right around the planet uh and this whole multiculturalism is all bullshit right this is just the 0.01 percent trying to take over the whole planet not trying they're getting there but again everybody's waking up look at this jeffrey epstein Lodita express and bill clinton and all these things that are taking place right now how these people are just impervious just and they don't get affected by the laws the way do, we do because there's a double standard but you know what this could only go on so long because it's all being supported by the petrodollar and the petrodollar is slowly just slipping away into nothingness so right now we're going to come into a time of chaos and the contingent upon how you come into this chaos it, it could be a time of great hurt and a, a time of great loss and atrocities or it could be a time of great profit and change and benefit for mankind to contingent upon how we prepare prepare for this we all have to pull together and look for truth logos and for the supreme consciousness of mankind and our civilization and the direction of the world going in right now so you can laugh at this and think it's funny but you know what open up your eyes and look around because you know what you're accountable to your children and you're accountable you know to the supreme so you know what just do your research, man. Over and out. Later.